0: The Bear Down Report podcast featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host Ryan Dangle. Bear
1: Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report podcast. I'm your host Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Brendan Chagru. Welcome, boys. We are back after
0: a W. Let's go.
2: Woo! God, it feels good. Club dub.
0: Five hundred once again the Matt Nagy special.
2: Oh yes, <laughs> depressingly true.
3: <laughs> so good news, bad news, Ryan. Good news is I did one of those things where I converted my van into like a live-in van, right? So I could like tour the country during the pandemic. And so you know, bad news is I I, I ran it off a cliff last week. But I've heard that you have somebody who can be clutch when it comes. I need a permanent domicile. Could you help me out with that? A permanent domicile in the
1: Chicagoland area? Can yeah, you... preferably. Yeah. Jack, you know there's one guy and one guy only. Who is it, Ryan? That's Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. Jeff knows you need experience when it matters most. If you're thinking about buying or selling, visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn more or give him a call or a text message 630 254 4734. Give him a call, give him a text,
0: Jeff Cadwallader. He is the absolute best. Boys, you know, it's fall season now. You know, what that means going to the apple orchard, pumpkin patch, all of that. And I know we got to look good. We got to look good for our wives, girlfriends, spouses, all of that. Ryan, where can we go to make sure we get the freshest haircut around?
1: Brendan, it's so funny that you say that because next weekend I am legitimately going to a pumpkin patch and I need the haircut and it's, and it's happening and there's only one spot and that is at Sheridan's Barbershop. Located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, they've been serving the community for 67 years. Five barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Sheridan'sbarbershop.com or 630 668 0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, or traditional meets modern. All right, boys, I've been waiting all week for this. I've been waiting for Brendan's breakdown. More than the game itself, I am ready for it.
0: Brendan, let's hear it. We go to Chicago as the Bears welcome in the Cincinnati Bengals for their home opener on the lakefront. And just like their skyline chili, things got off to a messy start for the road team. The Bears drew first blood as Andy Dalton found Allen, or should I say, all in Robinson, because he was all in the end zone for the touchdown to give the Bears a 7 0 lead. The Bengals needed a catnap, apparently, because Joe burrowed his way into the ground trying to avoid a ferocious pass rush from the bears all day things got interesting when Justin Fields Yates saw his fantasy come to reality when he took over for an injured Andy Dalton but it was the defense who took the spotlight as Roquan Smith looked like Michelle Kwan skating up the sideline for an interception he didn't score a 10 he got six points that is then Jalen Johnson patrolled the skies like J.J. the jet plane to get his first interception and Angelo Blackson followed up with another. Burroughs interceptions came on back to back to back plays, setting up two field goals from Cairo Santos. Things got more interesting though as the Bengals passer ordered up a shot and said straight no chaser. As Jamar Chase scored a long touchdown took up the lead to 20 to 10. It then seemed as if Justin couldn't see the fields well with the Bears QB throwing an interception, leading to yet another Bengal touchdown. But much like Wilson Phillips, the Bears decided to hold on for one more day to preserve the win 2017.
1: I'm applauding. Logan's well applauding. Me as well. Excellent. That was dude. That that was uh the Wilson Phillips. That's <laughs> the one that got me fantastic. All right, boys. Let's hear general thoughts, general reactions to to the Bears. to win over the Cincinnati Bengals. I think all four of us had a hard time picking how this game was going to play out because what we thought preseason was not necessarily what we thought after last Sunday night's game against the Rams. So let's do this. Let's go Logan, Brendan, and Jack. Just general thoughts over the game. Let's hear it, boys.
2: To start, it was just good to to see a defense that was alive, didn't look Dead look like it had a plan. Uh, Sean Desai must have been, I would assume, very angry over over the past few days. And and honestly, much of the defense looked very angry. Um, I know that as we as we continue to do this podcast, we're going to continue to talk a lot about Eddie Jackson. He was a popular topic of discussion last week, to say the least. And look like you know we can sit here and we criticize guys, and he was fully, it was fully necessary to criticize his play last week, but at the same time, now you've got to come back and you say that Eddie Jackson really did do a phenomenal job this week. Um, he must have put his head down and and realized what he needed to change because he looked like a completely different football player. And that's all that you can ask. You know, nobody's uh, out there saying that Eddie Jackson isn't, you know, working hard to to be a good football player and to correct these mistakes. And he, he definitely showed that today. And uh, again, you know, we'll we'll talk about Justin Fields and I'm sure other people will touch on him. I'm excited about that. But for me, the biggest takeaway is just, okay, good. We have a defense, you know, the Bengals aren't, aren't the most impressive team Um, offensively. They have playmakers, no doubt about it. But I think the biggest takeaway for me is that, when you're kind of handicapping the bears going forward, I think a big thing that you can look at when they're going to possibly have success in a game and have a chance to win, it's going to be against teams who have subpar offensive lines, which is what I really feel like it was the case today with the, with the Bengals.
0: You know, as I'm watching this game and I'm seeing everything unfold, you have the bears take a huge lead. Thanks to that defense that Logan just talked about and all of the contributions, whether it's Eddie Jackson, Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith obviously. And things felt great. I mean, we were texting throughout it basically saying, you know, this is going to be a fun podcast tonight, like everybody's having good vibes. And then it kind of goes south. Things kind of go things kind of get squandered and this really reminded me of the 2020 season where you have some of these big leads especially early on in the year. I'm serious. This it's weird. It really reminded me of the week 2 game last year against the Giants where things looked great early on. And then the Giants slowly came back and you saw the same thing with the Bengals. So it tells me that this team still has not played a complete game yet. And that's okay when you're getting wins, but you want to see them play well from the first quarter, all the way to the fourth quarter. And whether it's the defense kind of having some breakdowns or the offense just kind of turtling, it it just needs to come together fully. So it's good to get the win there, but you still want to see those improvements go. And I'm sure we'll get into this more with Justin Fields coming in, but we need to see more adjustments from Matt Nagy. I loved the game plan that he had for Andy Dalton for the first couple of series. It was working well. The Bears were running the offense all over the Bengals. And then when Fields came in because of injury, which does happen, you know, things like that can happen, it stalled out quite a bit. And it just didn't seem like anybody was comfortable with what was being called. But Great to get the win. Great to get, see the defense finally come alive, but I just need to see this team play a full game.
3: It's interesting. The part that you mentioned about the comeback and finishing the game in the fourth quarter, you know, scary. My daughter, my freshman daughter turned to me and said when it was 20 to three in the fourth quarter, this is over, right? Dad, like this is pretty much done. And I was like, well, momentum wise, it looks like that, but crazier things have happened. And the next thing, you know, it's, you know, too tight. I thought it was interesting, like maybe for the first time ever, you saw the Bears backup was replaced by the Bears starter. So that was cool. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really great uh, that the Bengals offense was worse than the Bears offense. That helped. I had said that if they pressured Joe Burrow, if they stopped the run, and if the secondary played vastly better and scored more points, then they could win. And I think they actually checked all those boxes. I mean, it was the defense that ended up scoring points, I think, to, to take them you know, to the next level when it comes to points. But I think they did all of those things. And I, that honestly, that kind of surprises me a little bit. And I feel like Coach Nagy has a way of doing that after a major loss and you know, coming home. So uh, it's going to be a Bears victory Monday tomorrow on my birthday.
2: Oh, happy early birthday, Jack. That's
3: they fantastic. did it for me. Man,
1: so you got your uh, the the anniversary of your twenty first birthday coming up here, huh, huh Jack?
3: I do. Yes. <laughs> yep. It's great.
1: It's uh, it's going to be a good one, I'm sure. Uh, Jack, I do want to make one correction there. You actually said Joe Burrows, plural. Uh, <laughs> two different times. So I just uh, just gonna put it out there. It is Joe Burrow. Singular. I thought I
3: did it right this time.
1: Not plural. No, no, no. You did it right this time. But but uh, oh. the last yeah the last two times. Oh,
3: earlier this week I just sounded like a complete josh. I just kept saying Joe Burrows. If if know. we're gonna be a
2: genuine Chicago sports podcast, we're gonna add asses to last yes. names. All right. So just <laughs> deal with it, listeners. Just deal with it. All right. I-
0: I'm glad your Chicago accent came out. So thank it you very much for that we need it yes, so absolutely. alshon jeffries at the jewels
1: <laughs> going to soldiers field absolutely exactly
2: uh,
0: you Got
1: it. okay so i have been the the worst matt Nagy critic for for quite some time and i'm gonna keep railing on him here just for a little bit but then i'm gonna be done and i mean it uh because his team won They won a football game. And so it's, it's hard to, to rail on them too much. Um, And I do agree to some extent, Brendan's point about uh, early offensive game plan looking good though. I do want to point out in that first drive, if not for that defensive pass interference, I don't know that that's a, that's an Allen Robinson touchdown. Uh, The offense scored 10 points. I mean, really, let's be sincere about it is a 20 to 17 win and Roquan Smith gets a pick six and then the next turnover, the Bears kick a field goal. So really, I mean, that's I, I just I there wasn't a lot to love there. I will say, obviously, with Justin Fields throwing a dime in the end zone to Allen Robinson, who just let it ball right through his hands, uh, that, you know, then I would maybe be changing my tune a little bit, you know, but as I'm, I'm watching some people predict the bears to win 31 to 14 or something. I don't remember exactly where I saw that. I was like, who and what, like when would the bears score 31 points? Unless of course their defense came alive, Logan, I was really thinking about you with this is you and I both were talking last week. And I think even pre- prior to this was that if the bears front seven can really truly bring some pressure. It will alleviate some of that pressure on the DBs. And we saw that today that we didn't see last week.
2: You did. And you also saw that Robert Quinn is like an active football player for the Chicago bears. He made a couple plays today and that that's, what's going to need to continue to happen. And that's why I say that, you know, we're going to be better off against teams with poor offensive lines is like Jalen Johnson showed today obviously that he can be a number one cornerback um with his first career interception. And honestly, that'll probably act as a springboard for him to cause, you know, more turnovers for this defense. But yeah, the the more it, it's not, you know, rocket science, the more pressure that you are gonna cause. It's going to make us rely less on this secondary, which you know there's there's still going to be troubled times ahead with that secondary. I think today was a good day because of uh, because of what we were able to generate up front, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll take what we can get.
3: Ryan, you are not wrong in terms of your assessment of Matt Nagy. I mean, in, in the offense in general, we're looking at 206 total yards, 83 passing, uh, 123 rushing, 3.4 per play. We were six for 15 on third downs and 0 for 1 on fourth downs. Uh, and I guess by the by, we had eight penalties for 70 yards. Oh. So we won and we're not going to be you know, out here being all wet blanket up in your grill, but we so desperately still want to see a proficient offense. Once again, we watch the red zone. We watch all these teams chucking the ball around the field, all these incredible big plays and breakout runs and deep balls. And I know, and we've said it before, we all just want a piece of that. That's what we want.
2: One one usage that offensively really, like just for reasons, multiple reasons, for one that I bet on this player today, two, that he was in my fantasy lineup. But Cole Kamek getting one target, one catch for zero yards is something that just like, that that should be completely unacceptable. That guy is... He is a true threat if you put him in the correct places. And yeah, like I'm sure I would hope next week if if Justin Fields is the starter and we have a full week to prep at, with him as a starter. That's something I really want to see because Cole Komet is a damn good tight end. And to be giving that guy one target in a game is just that's a crime that's wrong.
1: Let's talk about the good in this game. There were some really good things that that took place in this game, and I want to focus in on them. So we're going to hit the good. We're going to hit the bad. We'll give out game balls, but let's, let's, let's stick with the good stuff. So I'm actually going to go Brendan, Jack, and Logan on this one. So Brendan, hit us with the
0: good. Well, I think both Jack and Logan talked about it, but obviously the defense. I mean, the front seven getting home against a depleted Bengals offensive line. I think a lot of people predicted that there would be multiple sacks, and that was like the easiest bet of all time. especially when you consider Riley reef is one of the tackles and he's probably got PTSD from going up against Khalil Mack over the last few years. So just seeing them after all the criticism this past week, like, Hey, we're still good. We're still a formidable unit. And we have guys all over the field, whether it's Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, by the way, Akeem Hicks tackling T Higgins just does not seem fair. Like I don't, (laughs) I do not want to be a wide receiver getting tackled by that big a man, but Going back to the linebackers, Roquan Smith getting his first touchdown. And then Jalen Johnson, I was going to say earlier, I can't imagine why any quarterback would be throwing his way. Last week, Matthew Stafford just threw to Johnson one time. He had one target. And you know what? That was the right move. Joe Burrow clearly kept going back to him, like challenging him. And I mean, obviously get the interception, but all the pass breakups, that dude continues to elevate his game. And so just seeing him get his first pick was awesome. And then Eddie Jackson having a bounce back game, like all these guys hurt us this week. And that Bengals offense is formidable. They've got a great trio of receivers. Joe Mixon was held in check for the most part. I'm very pleased with what I saw. And so hopefully confidence is a big thing. And if you can get that confidence rolling into next week against a really good offense with Baker Mayfield and Cleveland Browns, you're going to be in a good spot.
3: Absolutely, mix it in 20 carries for 69 yards, three and a half per carry. That's huge. I mean, that's very big. Quinn with two and a half sacks. He had two all of last year. Let that sink in for a minute. Ooh. Right? I mean, that's that's insane. Roquan, here's something I thought that was really fun. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Roquan coming off the edge on a blitz to get a sack. And I thought maybe that's maybe that's a product of Desai and a little bit of creativity. You've got one of the best linebackers in the entire league. He doesn't blitz a whole lot. And I I don't know as if I've ever seen him come off the edge for a sack. That was really, really cool. Uh, And another upside, I mean, I looked at my kids at one point and I said, David Montgomery is the hardest runner since Walter Payton. And let that settle in for a minute, because that is saying a lot. And we proved that last year with his yards, uh, you know, after contact. And the dude just refuses to go down. And I love every second of it
2: yeah I mean you guys uh kind of kind of covered it there I was going to talk a, a bit about Roquan Smith just because let's once again talk about how he didn't make the pro bowl last year and he was not an all pro and he will uh he will continue to prove why that was just the absolute dumbest thing in the world eight tackles a pick six and a sack today um also just you know shout out to Sean DeSai because I think that there was plenty of room for criticism of what he did last last week but uh the and and the way that he schemed things up today. Uh, it, it was really impressive. So he deserves props for kind of his first big game as a defensive coordinator.
0: One last thing on Roquan Smith. I gotta give a quick shout out to Lucas Perfetti from the Bears on tap group. We gotta get the hashtag allProquan trending again because you're right. Did like he was that. such a snub last year. He's clearly showing that he's deserving of that, those honors this year. So Hashtag all pro Love it. And he wasn't named as a top 100 player either.
1: Are, are oh, people yeah. not watching football? I, I hate I, that list. I, I, I do. I do too. But I'm just saying the fact that he was snubbed from all of these lists, like I, I, you can't be watching football because last season there were several games in the, in the bears awful losing streak that all of us said, you know what? at least we can watch Roquan Smith play football. We're going to lose a lot of games, but at least we can watch him play football. And uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, there's some other really good linebackers in the NFL, but I mean, he's, he's one of the best. So I, I, I don't get that. Uh, for, for me, guys, you know, there, there were a lot of good things. As much as we have railed on Eddie Jackson, and he did give up a touchdown uh, late on in the game, uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. And to see the the peanut chop, I wouldn't call it the peanut punch, but to to see him get a turnover um, and also to see him tackle Joe Mixon uh, behind the line of scrimmage. To see Eddie Jackson tackle anyone is a good thing, but <laughs> uh, but but especially to, to do it behind the line of scrimmage, uh, you have to give it to him. Uh, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, uh, I thought a little bit of a mixed bag as well. Obviously, getting those sacks is is awesome, and getting some pressure, you know, towards the early parts of the fourth quarter, the bears defense looked really good. we talked a lot uh, this offseason about how Sean Desai was uh, doing a lot to emphasize turnovers, the turnover bucket, all those other things. And it seems like it's, it's paying, paying off. At least it did in this game. Not as much in the last one, gentlemen, let's talk about some of the bad. Cause there was a whole lot of bad uh, in this game as well. So let's go Jack, Brendan and Logan.
3: I think, Brendan talked a little bit about it earlier, and uh, it's just a, a continuing theme. Do you ever look at Matt Nagy when he's looking at his play sheet and almost think that he's like, there may not even be a game out there? He's just looking through the play sheet, almost as if there's one that will catch his eye. Like, oh, I fancy that play. I think that one. We haven't run that one yet. Let's go ahead and give it a try. And so once again, that glaring inability to really be able to flow with the game and function and develop rhythm. And I know that's definitely a, a dead horse that we have beaten. There's no doubt about that, but I, I just so desperately want that to happen. And so I, I would like to see that to happen sooner rather than later. And I, it probably isn't going to happen unless he hands the play calling off the bill laser again, which I don't think is probably going to happen either.
0: Yeah, obviously I brought it up earlier and I definitely agree. It just seems like Matt Nagy cannot make adjustments and he really needs somebody to be in his ear or at the very least, really just take over the play calling again, because Bill laser's is able to do that. And I understand head coaches have a lot of responsibilities on the sideline during games and great head coaches can do both great head coaches can call plays and kind of manage the game just from the macro level. But when it comes to Matt Nagy, he's not a great head coach. And I admit that he's average at best. And so with that, you need somebody to actually come in and hold his hand and do something different. But I'm gonna go some. I'm gonna go somewhere different, and I'm gonna say the penalties. There were some bad penalties, guys. Really bad penalties that extended drive, drives to the Bengals or just stalled other drives to the Bears. I mean, you're talking about a Tayshawn Gibson taunting penalty, which was soft, but and the taunting rule now in the NFL, I think, is complete BS. He was clapping over the guy, but. Still, you can't have that on a third and long after you shut him down. The Robert Quinn penalty, he had a great game, but he kind of like bumps Joe Burrow out of bounds. And yeah, he kind of flops on it too. But again, just two third downs that were long that you could have gotten off the field. And I believe only one of those drives, maybe amounted to points. I can't remember, but Still, like after some of the undisciplinary things that we've seen in the past, you need to clean those up and understand that this is the NFL we're living in now. Yeah, they're kind of soft calls, but you can't have that. So still lots to get cleaned up on the penalty front, in my opinion.
2: For me, the the you know you could consider it bad you could also consider part of a good the skill position players um darnell mooney and Allen robinson both had some key drops now obviously you have to point out that Allen robinson had a beautiful touchdown catch he's Allen robinson he's a phenomenal wide receiver um but they really at, at key points today obviously the the drop in the end zone was huge by robinson but at key points both of them kind of i feel like let justin fields down uh maybe for alan robinson it's just a case of holy crap there's a pass that's actually worth it's supposed to be right now, and he's just never played with a quarterback who can throw an accurate ball. But, um, and again, I, it's not something that I think is going to continue happening going forward. Uh, more reps are going to happen, and things are going to get a little bit smoother. But, um, those two guys, I think again, Mooney was good at points today. I'm not saying that either of them were altogether bad, but just a little bit more consistency. And then again, as I talked about earlier, I just I just need to see more Cole Komet. Um, and again, even if you're not going to use him, more Jimmy Graham. I don't know. Use the tight end. Why? Well, I thought the tight end was like the key position in this Matt Nagy offense, and it was a zero today. So that's the bad for me.
1: You guys covered a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. One that I, I'm kind of bummed about is, Sam Mustapher and really the the run blocking did not have a very good game today. Um, Sam Mustapher is a guy that I've been kind of cheering for and rooting for 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 a long time now. And he had a really rough game. Uh, the, The run blocking just was not there. And I think all of us at some point now have seen the footage last week of David Montgomery scoring a touchdown with zero blocking up front. And that's just not a recipe for continued success for a running back that if you give this guy more carries and you give him some decent run blocking, he's going to make guys miss. I just, I love watching David Montgomery play football. Jack, I think you said it right. He's, he's, he's really, really good.
3: Can I add uh butt fumble to the list of bad? Uh, I just thought Sanchez was especially bad. We talked at the end of the show after the show last time, just about how, disappointing it is to not get more local coverage of the teams because clearly those guys they maybe spend the week with the team but they just don't know the players they don't know the schemes they don't understand the chemistry and he he was just kind of awful and seemingly very biased you get that sometimes where it's clear that somebody is so obviously for another team and not for one team and I just I don't know I just thought he was kind of bad all around
2: and a PSA of something that I tweeted. Stop saying matriculated the ball down the field. Agreed. Shut up. Shut Agreed. up. No one says that. Mark Sanchez, you <laughs> idiot. You said it like twice too. It's so annoying. I don't That's know why.
0: Literally just... something from like prime time. That's like a joke. That's something I would do in that recap. Like nobody actually <laughs> yeah. said that. You're right. It's like he went to the Tony Romo school of broadcasting where Tony just gets so like animated and excited and talks over yes. everybody. And at times it's good. Like I thought he's got some good insight, but at the same time, it's like, dude, just shut up and let Kevin Kugler who or whoever do his job. Cause you're kind of annoying me. The thing about Tony Romo is he'll call the play out like before
1: it happens. And he's like, most of the time he's right. Mark Sanchez was like, oh, wait, never mind. That
0: wasn't what happened. <laughs>
1: Like Man. bro, like you weren't a good quarterback. Okay, whatever. Let's let's No move on. D- hold on,
0: hold on. No, we're gonna talk about this for a second. Cause Tony Romo <laughs> used to be good when he started. Like he no, used to no, be no. I'm up. I'm railing on
1: Sanchez. I'm not railing on Romo. Oh, I'm, I know, but they do the same thing. They try and call him out. Romo's gotten worse, I will say. He's he, he's not as accurate as he who, used to be. Who's who's the worst of the bunch? Is it Collinsworth? Is it Romo? Like, who is the worst of the
2: worst? I don't mind
0: Collinsworth. Oh Dude, I have I don't to mind say him, him.
2: <laughs> it, it, it like even even though like I, I don't know I'm a I am I try, I feel like I'm I try not to be too hard on announcers in general just because I think the job is it's pretty hard but Collinsworth is I think he has a hard time just shutting up and the, like example I was just last weekend when he was riding Matt Nagy in in positive ways unfortunately when it was like what why why are you talking about Matt Nagy in this way Chris Collinsworth
0: now I got to think of the, now I got to think of the worst. I, you know, I'm going to say Mark
2: Schlereth. I don't like Mark Schlereth. Oh, I like Mark Schlereth. See, like it's stinks. such a See, divisive, just, yeah. divisive <laughs> topic. We can do a whole podcast on announcers. I love it. Jack, what about you?
3: I I just wish that there would be local TV guys. Like there are local guys for baseball. And I think it would be the, the broadcast would be infinitely better. They're Maybe they're just putting a really bad situation to your point, Logan, where they're just dropped in there for a week. And I just, I don't know, like Collinsworth, like being amazed that Stafford had a strong arm. I I was like, (laughs) sorry, serious, bro. Like, you don't want, like you've never watched Matt Stafford throw a ball. He's got a cannon for an arm. Come on. You're better than that.
1: Well, I would like to see like Adam Amin and Jim Miller. I know you brought up Jim Miller a while back, but Adam Amin Amin,
2: is awesome. He Not
1: only is he awesome, he's a local guy and you know that it means more to him. And I think it's exactly what Jack is talking about. Like he wants that gig and it shows every time that he's out there. All right, gentlemen, let's get to game balls. It's time game balls. We are going to go Logan, Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it up game balls.
2: Proquan Smith, Uh, he was the heart and soul of this team today as he, I feel like you'll find probably for any Bears win this year, I would assume that Roquan Smith is going to have a big day. He just, the Bears always need that linebacker and they have that linebacker and I just I don't think we take it for granted by any means, but I'm going to say don't take it for granted just because that guy is so talented and you have first round picks like Kevin white that don't pan out. So when you do have a first round pick like Roquan Smith, which we took him, you know, whatever, I think it was like eighth or something like that. Just cherish that. And he's, he's just so talented. He flies around the field. He disrupts plays. Um, He's everything that we wanted him to be. So game ball for me goes to Roquan Smith.
0: My game ball goes to Jalen Johnson. We talked about him earlier, getting his first pick, but four passes defended today. Four. I still don't understand why quarterbacks are throwing at him, but I'm really glad they do because it's not ending up in a completion. So uh, really happy to see him continue to grow, continue to elevate his game as the cornerback one. He's going to have a huge test for him next week with the Cleveland Browns offense, but just a hell of a day for him.
3: I think. Brendan, you mentioned him earlier, but Akeem Hicks was a lot of fun to watch tonight. I was earlier in the week, I was talking about my frustration with Max inability to seemingly play with a sense of urgency and what we used to call a high motor. And Warren Sapp was always the guy that I think of making plays, you know, on wide receivers and running backs 20 and 30 yards down the field. And that was Akeem Hicks today. And even though you don't want to see obviously that type of production, the fact that some, I always say, like, if you do that, right, you could be a fumble recoverer. You could be the tackler. You could force a fumble. Only good things happen when you pursue the ball aggressively in the way that he did. And then he just gets up and he's having so much freaking fun playing the game. They show him on the sidelines and he just did like this amazing, like nozzle rocket. I don't know if you saw that, like where he just farmer blue like I was like, that's so badass. That was just like the coolest. Cause he's just a defensive lineman, just physical, dirty, like grubby, like make this stuff happen. And that's there is a bit of old school, I think, in all of us. And that there's that's Bears
0: football. That's
3: monsters in the midway. That's black and blue. He embodies that. He's good.
0: Real quickly before Ryan gets to his game ball. Well, did you guys see the press conference from Mikem Hicks after the game? No, no, he, he just looked like, first off, it was his first time speaking to the media all year. I I think it's pretty notable. He hasn't talked to the media with his contract going on. He seems like he's having so much fun right now. So Jack, that's a great pick because he does embody bears football and he's enjoying himself out there. So I, I, I highly recommend it. I mean, it's, it's usual like press conference talk and everything, but just to see the joy in his face and his, hear it in his voice, I think it's just really cool to see. So anyway. I I recommend checking it out.
1: Well, I'm going to give two just because I can. I'm going last. I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. I know you guys, you're you're all giving me dirty looks, but.
3: Always with the two, Ryan. What is that about? I don't understand. I mean, I did it
1: before. Yeah. These two guys, they both deserve it. And you're going to hear why. Okay. So sticking with the defense, Sean Desai. We asked a question last week, is he bad or was he just in a bad position? And I love the way that he bounced back. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall this week to hear, you know, his motivation, what he was talking about with his guys to get the defense completely turned around and to say, Hey, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And the other guy, just a very quick one game ball, special teamer, Cairo Santos, 29 field goals in a row. We have a kicker. I don't know why Matt Nagy decided not to use him last week. And, uh, but who cares? 29 in a row. That is fantastic. Before we get to Logan's bets, which I'm excited to talk about yet again, Logan gave some great advice. There's a question that has been kind of burning in my mind guys. And we'll wait until the end. Now you've seen JF one. He came out, he played some really good stuff. Some really not so good stuff. That interception was just putrid, bad, awful, yuck. But that ball to Allen Robinson was incredible. Does he get the start next week? Does he get the start next week? Should he get the start next week? Let's go Logan, Brendan, and Jack.
2: I mean, I'm not going to be the guy to say no by any means, because yes, he should absolutely get the start next week. Does he? Um, you know, let's, let's dissect Matt Nagy's dumb brain and, and think about it a little bit. He probably won't for some reason, but you're only going to see him get better every week. And I don't think I've really seen a false start penalty from a quarterback. He had two of them and I'm sure that guy, like he's just excited. Like you can tell that guy cares so much. Like there's some quarterbacks who you can, Jay Cutler tell don't really care that much, but, um, you can tell that he he is just so into it. He, he, I, I think that was just a case of him not playing with the first team much being excited first, you know, snaps at home. So yes, he should start next week. He's only going to get better every single week. And uh, will he, I don't know, Matt Nagy's dumb. So.
0: I think he should,
2: because
0: you know what, even if he like flat out, like stunk today and he had some good moments, he had some bad moments. Like you said, Logan, you can't go backwards So he was already the number two quarterback. I understand that. And it really, it sounds like it does. We don't know how good Andy Dalton's knee is going to be, but to kind of have him come in for an extended period of time and say, Hey kid, thanks a lot. We're going back to Dalton. I've seen that with other rookies before. And I don't like it, whether it was Tua, whether it was guys like Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, it's just, it seems kind of weird to bring a guy in and then maybe stunt their growth a little bit by not letting them develop. And we've seen Justin Fields before in the preseason games He learns from his mistakes. He's a quick learner. And I guarantee he's not going to have those weird false starts anymore. I think the game plan that's going to be tailored to him is going to be much better than it was today. Or I guess Sunday, depending on when you're listening to this. So, yes, I want to see him start. I want to see what it looks like with a scripted game plan for him. I think Matt Nagy was doing a good job with what he had for Andy Dalton. And I think Justin Fields was going to see some more of those plays tailored to him anyway. But yeah, you can't go back now.
3: I think if Andy Dalton is healthy, we'll still see a timeshare. I think we'll still see uh, JF1 slowly but surely integrated in. And I, I think that Nagy is pretty stubborn and he'll stick with the plan. However, if you just ask me what I felt, I would say at this point, I I would love to see him start three plays. First of all, he made the wrong read on a read option and kept it. And the D end had him dead to rights and he spun and he (laughs) made a gain out of it. The other play, the fumble, which was, you know, a a real problem. I think Sanchez was good in that moment. He said, if you're going to scramble to your right, then you need to have both hands on the ball. Things he's got to learn clearly. But he fumbled. And then, I mean, his tenacity to get back to the ball, he didn't just like hang out. He didn't just watch it. He, we know he's got that fire. We know that he's competitive. And then late in the game, when we had the ball deep in our own territory, we were ahead and we just needed to uh, get first downs and run the clock out, which in my opinion, when I was watching, it, I was like, th- this is exactly what Matt Nagy is terrible at. He's terrible at it. Like we we won't be able to just run the clock out and there's a chance that the Bengals will win this game. And uh, instead, uh, I believe uh, Fields at one point decided to just go ahead and, and scramble and, and he took off and he got the first down. So those three plays alone and the difference, if you think about the difference that that made in the game, probably just touching the surface when it comes to to JF1. And I do, I mean, he's, he's, he's clearly going to be a difference maker. He seems so relaxed. So chill. And is again, we've talked about it. His accuracy is incredible that even the pass that Mooney didn't catch Mooney, I believe as he was crossing the first time on that crossing route, he slowed down a little bit midfield. And I think that fields anticipated where he should have been and it went off his fingertips and, and the next time they got it right. But, um, boy, he he's exciting. So exciting.
1: Jack spot on. These guys want to play for him. This offense wants to play for him. And, and speaking of body language, uh, Jay Cutler, who I defended for far too long. However, his last podcast uh, uncut with Zach Miller was such a good episode. It was really good to, to hear those two guys talk, dissect plays and all that stuff. So, Hey, you know, he's got that going for him. Um, Brendan, I hope that Matt Maggie will tailor the offense uh, towards Justin Fields, but, I don't have a lot of faith that he will. He wasn't able to do it for previous quarterbacks. Uh, but like you said, I think the, the game plan was designed for Andy Dalton to, to look pretty good. And, and he did early on bef- before uh, he tweaked that knee. So we'll see. I think that Justin Fields should be the starter, but I don't trust this front office as of right now. I hope that they can change my mind and I hope to be proven wrong. Logan. It's time. Just a uh, just a quick a uh, little nugget like you did last week. Something to to kind of, you know, keep keep us betting the right way.
2: Sure. So uh, I'll I'll say two things. I think first first thing is that I think you should just sprint to whatever sports book that you can get to and take whatever Kyler Murray's odds are to win MVP because that guy is he makes plays that I think it's maybe it is it is probably too cliche to say makes plays that like you've never seen before, but he can get out of scenarios that are, that are just like impossible to get out of. He makes throws at, at angles that are, I mean, he's a different quarterback back than Patrick Mahomes is, but He's almost equally as impressive to me in many, many ways. And I don't think that he has quite the offensive line that uh, Patrick Mahomes has. So while those odds are quickly, quickly dropping for Kyler Murray to win MVP, I still think that that's such a phenomenal bet at this point. He had 400 passing yards today. Um, pretty sure three passing touchdowns, one rushing. He did throw two picks. And I think he, did, he didn't have quite the second half Um that you probably wanted, even though they were to squeak out, able to squeak out the win. But um, I think that's just such a worthwhile bet because if the Cardinals are going to have success this year, it's going to be almost solely because of him. And uh, I think he's got as good shot of as as anybody at this point of winning that award. And then, you know, I hate that I'm for the second straight week uh, kind of mentioning the Packers within this segment, but you know, I, it's hard for me to see that they don't cover twelve points tomorrow night at home against the the Detroit Lions. So, you know, again, if you can stomach it and and you want to you know, make some money, I, I think that they should clobber the Lions tomorrow night. The Lions are not a
1: very good football team. And Jeff Okuda going out again, I feel so bad for him. Like that guy's clearly a talented uh, DB. And, and to see that happen two years in a row, that, that really stinks for him. All right, Jack, we had uh, we had a, quite a little stir Obviously, it's time to stop talking about Oreos. Though I did have an interaction with one of our our good friends, loyal listeners, John from Lombard, and you know he said, "You know what? He's more of a chocolate Oreo guy." But I gave him uh, a blonde thin, a golden thin. Apologies, Jack. Sorry, I didn't mean to get you excited about that one. Did you
3: just say blonde? <laughs>
1: a golden thin. <laughs> did you say thin? <laughs> That's what yes. I my. A- favorite yes.
2: recurring
1: jokes Jess. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes and he he was a fan he said it was significantly better than he thought it was going to be i'm just going to put that out there obviously last week talking a little bit about toothpaste um and the best way in which to get that out so jack let's hear what's what's the question this week
3: uh brendan is the lucky winner today he's going to choose a number in our one thousand and one book of questions but what do you like what's your flavor today brendan
0: okay guys since the bears are back at soldier fields and uh, my uncle's got season tickets that go to game every year let's go to section 320 so let's do a tree 20 jack
3: 320 brendan uh what kind of kids did you hang out with in high school
1: that is a phenomenal question
3: so
0: brendan's got to go first obviously oh boy all right I had, I I think we all had like different kind of friend groups in high school. So I, first and foremost, I was a band kid, proud band kid. So uh, definitely hung out with all the band kids, whether it was, you know, before football games, after football games. And then I'd say a church group as well. I was pretty active in church, you know, youth group ministry and all that. So I would probably say, let's go like 75% like band kids and then like 25% church youth group. So, and then maybe, you know what? 24% youth group. And then like the 1% for like the sports when I played for freshman year.
1: So Brendan was a bit nerdier than I was expecting. Just kidding.
2: Oh yeah, man.
1: Okay. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put myself out there. Uh, I had a black belt in karate and so uh, oh,
2: n- got, nerds got, we're talking on. on nerds.
1: That's okay. So I got into a huge argument with a friend not <laughs> to get into an argument in mm. the middle of an argument, but which is nerdier uh, being in karate or being in the band. And we, we argued that one for quite some time. So I, so I guess we should ask Logan and Jack. Yes.
2: Just, yes. Yeah. I, yeah that's, oh, that's on. the correct answer. I think you both are right there. You, you guys won. can
0: i give or can i give an argument for band kids not being as nerdy you can use that going forward by playing in like a rock band as you get older and playing at bars and everything that's fun like chicks dig guys that are in bands you just kind of have to get through the first like you know few years after high school and all that and then it's cool
2: and then karate you can use sweet moves to keep the girls away from you like you know just (laughs) yeah keep them away Right. You guys
0: can't see it, but Logan's doing some awesome moves right now. Yes, because I'm pretty sweet. Are you a black belt? <laughs> I okay, yeah. Stolen
2: I, valor. I, I don't want to do that from Dangle on here, <laughs> but yes, I am.
1: Uh, I will Whoa. say that a lot of my high school friends were always trying to get me into a fight with somebody, just because, you know, I spent a lot of time doing that. Uh, but no, I don't. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, I totally lost track of the question, but I guess I just answered it so that so I, I hung out with the, the karate nerds um, in, in high school,
0: I guess can we circle back real quick so logan you're black belt too right
2: That's no no that was a complete joke i'm not actually oh, i'm not actually. I was
0: to say we need you guys to fight it out then
2: that He's would be awesome. incredible yeah, yeah no yeah that, that, no <laughs> he would he would kick my ass <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right jack you guys could do roundhouses like just do roundhouses or something or this is uh, like this is taking uh, is that a, a move is this that, is taking yeah, a yeah, say,
2: turn. sorry this is off the wheels is it mean, no, I'd like to? Hear, I'd like the, to hear Logan.
3: Logan, will you, will you go next? Logan, what kind of um, yes you hang out?
2: Yes, with? Um, I I like to think that I was kind of good at spreading myself between different groups. Um, I definitely had like a close group of like three to four guys that I would hang out with a lot. Um, I would say I probably swayed towards like the you know athletes a little bit more, even though I didn't even like compete for our team in high school. I just did club gymnastics, but. Like I, that's, that's kind of something that I've always prided myself in as a person is to kind of be able to like touch different groups of people. So, you know, the band people, you know, I, I knew some band people. I know, I know someone who did karate, Mr. Ryan Dengle, right here, um, luckily, but I obviously I didn't really know him in high school, but no, I, I, I'd like to think that uh, I was able to extend myself to a, a lot of different groups and uh, continue to pride myself um, with that today.
1: Just really quick, Logan, being a gymnast, do you really have,
2: Oh, you know, the, no leg to stand on?
1: Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, no
2: leg to stand on. I will. Yeah. I wore, I wore a leotard for like a, half of my youth. Thanks mom and dad.
3: <laughs> well, I, was I clearly established great, great life lessons, the great life kid in this class. <laughs> I am like easily the coolest kid in this class. No, I'm, yes. uh, I would have been in the jock group but not necessarily in like the jocks who were super smart group. Uh, but like you, Logan, I, I did really enjoy talking with just about everybody. Uh, if I had a study hall with just kind of a random group of, of kids, uh, I would happily chat with any of those kids. Probably the only groups that I wouldn't really talk about what would they call them when I was in high school, maybe like the burners uh, you know, those kids that were like super edgy and probably into drugs. I mean, I, I would be kind to them. I would, tended to be kind to everybody, but just not much in common there because we weren't walking the same paths.
1: This conversation definitely took more turns than I was expecting. Gentlemen, it's time to get out of here. Let's give some shout outs, uh, shout outs to anybody that might be listening to the pod. Uh, I've obviously got a couple, but, uh, let's go, uh, Brendan, Logan,
0: Jack, and I will finish it up. All right. My two shout outs go to someone I mentioned earlier, uh, his name's Lucas Perfetti. Uh, he writes and does podcasting with Bears on Tap. Such a good dude. Such a great follow. And again, he is the mastermind behind all ProQuans. So definitely give him a follow and uh, just really enjoy getting to interact with him. And then somebody else who's been a big follower of mine that I've just interacted with so much over the last couple of years is uh, Eddie on Twitter. He is at Eddie B2. And just huge Bears fan, huge Chicago sports fan. We go back and forth about stuff with Peloton. And he's just one of those guys that's always been around. And I just love interacting with him on Twitter. So uh, just shout out to Eddie for just being a good dude, good Bears fan. And for uh, for just all the interaction we got.
2: Uh, you, you know what? I'll keep it nice and simple with my shout out just because I feel like he needs to be somewhat included into every one of these. But Mike Page, um, one for just making all this possible and for, uh, for putting Bear Down Report together, starting it up, but also because, you know, he might need a, an arm around his shoulder today because Eddie Jackson had a good game and uh, I know that might be a little tough for him. So just we gave him props last week because Eddie was bad. Got to call it out this week because Eddie was good.
3: That's fair. Three, Brendan, for being uh, my newly minted Instagram friend and Peloton buddy, So there's that we're really developing a close relationship. Uh, Secondarily, I had the great pleasure of being on the uh, Halitech Hall show. Again, thanks to Brendan. I had a great time. Uh, Michael, the host is unbelievable. He's got this encyclopedia, encyclopedia memory of past Bears events and has been a Bears fan for for 60 years. So I really enjoy being on his show. And then I want to shout out to uh, Shriners Hospital for Children.
1: Uh, Jack wanted to give us a uh, uh, shout out to Shriners Hospital. Uh, it sounded like there, there was something that he had to go take care of real quick, uh, a quick phone call, I think. So uh, I know that uh, he... He wants to give a shout out to Shriners hospital and I'm sure he he will next time around. So Shriners hospital, uh, Jack is giving you guys a shout out. I've got four. I will try to make these quick. John from Lombard had a blast hanging out with him, talking all things bears and talking about the bear down report podcast. He listens often. And so John, we appreciate you very, very much. JJ Stankovitz, uh, JJ Stankovitz used to host a podcast for NBC sports Chicago and is now the, uh, team, writer for the Indianapolis Colts. I let him know that I was really nervous uh, talking to Adrian Peterson and he gave me some fantastic advice and uh, just the fact that I've been able to kind of you know, still pick his brain. Obviously, he can't tell me what he thinks about the Bears because uh, he's writing for a different team, but uh, but he's just an just an all out good guy. And I'm just so thankful for him in the new position that he's in. NFL Australia, NFL Australia now follows Bear Down Report um, and uh, they follow me. And obviously, that's all thanks to Mike Oosterwick, Ozzy, down in Melbourne, Australia. Yes, the Bear Down Report has an Australian writer, and getting the follow from NFL Australia was really cool. Uh, I am a big fan of all things uh, NFL and all things Australia. Last one is to Zach Rosenbaum, uh, the visual guy for BDR. He is so freaking good. If you've seen some of the visuals that we've been putting out since he's been brought in, I mean, they are just incredible. Uh, And he's so good at what he does. He's a big Bears fan. And so, Zach, uh, thank you for, for all you do to make us look all significantly better. Folks, if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really liked what you heard, please hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. We always have a blast talking with you guys and we appreciate all of you so, so very much. So for Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, Brendan Chagru, I am Ryan Dangle. For all of us at the Bear Down Report, thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down.